every country has their own headaches. Mm-hmm. So it is always tough to get into market. But this is a heavily regulated industry indeed. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Chris D'Antuano with Currency Cloud. And today I'm happy to have Marcus Shin from Wire Barley. Marcus, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me today. Yeah, really excited to have you. Uh, just for a background, uh, Wire Barley is a cross-border transfer provider for individuals very prominent in Asia, has been really successful in Asia, and they're about to launch here in the U.S., so we're really excited to have you on, Marcus. And if you could, for our listeners, just give a brief background um, about yourself and how you got to about to, to over at Wirebarley. Yeah, actually, I'm the head of U.S. operation of Wirebarley, which is headquartered in Seoul, South Korea. And it's published in 2016, so we're just like three and a half years old, a, a pretty much new company. We just successfully got into the U.S. market, of course, I mean, in, in support from Currency Cloud. So that's the reason I basically came here and sent my, our stories and, and what I'm trying to, we are trying to do with the U.S. Yeah, and we talked, uh, you know, early on, uh, I guess even before the session here, about your journey here in the US, and it's been some time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> could, could you talk a little bit about that and even, you know, yeah, the big, sure, different opportunities sure. you had and, and why you struck it, you know, yeah. at this time today? Right, right. But actually, we tried to penetrate into the US market at the very beginning, back in 2016, when we first made this company. John, my CEO, and myself spent a lot of time and resources to just figure out how we can set the business in the U.S. and and make a sustainable business structure. So at the time, we met a bunch of banks and lawyers, accounting firms, consultants. And after a month of of efforts, we frankly, we just gave up at the time. And because, I mean, of course, you may know the licensing issues, the money you have to spend and the resources and the complexity. That's, that was just too much overwhelming for a startup like us. So at the time, we just momentarily gave up and decided to focus on Asian market. Mm-hmm. So then we just, we just established a business in, in Asia, like we set up an entity in Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong. But I mean... This market, this U.S. market is, is by far the biggest market in the world and the most important market if you just try to make a business in Asia. So, yeah, we had to anyway figure out the yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. So, <laughs> yeah, just, we just tried and tried again and finally made it. Yeah, yeah, well, like I said, it's a long journey and it's an exciting journey yeah. to be on. Obviously, there's, there's some, some uphills to, to, to overcome. And, and as you did mention, you're in other markets and, and you're regulated in those markets. Yeah, and, right. And 
um, you know, we see obviously at, at the front lines uh, companies or, or regulated business trying to enter the U.S. and it's just a whole different oh. beast here. Could you talk a little bit about how you did go about establishing a partnership here and, and, yeah. and your opportunities to be able to tackle the U.S.? Mm-hmm. So it was like, I think it was only last year, 2017, mm-hmm. when I just made, made a, a cold call to but I think I basically wrote a message on your website. Oh, I, yeah. I am who I am. Just, <laughs> I just want to speak with you guys about the business opportunities in the U.S. That was actually the the first, the very first step we took since back in 2016. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So after the couple of years, you yeah. decided to maybe maybe we know what we're doing here in yeah. the U.S. Yeah. 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 That was my Probably the only mission in the states. I I live. I've, I've been living here for like three years, and and I had to. I had to make it happen. So mm-hmm. I just did my homework, research, and found out Curse Cloud. Man, you guys are definitely one of the the most well known names in this scene. Mm-hmm. And I just thought at the time these guys might have something. Mm-hmm. That's that. That was the the very first step I made, and effectively, that was the only step I made actually. Because I mean, since then we we are here, mm-hmm. so we did not make any serious discussions with any other partners. Right. So right. that was the very, I would say, sweet spot for us. Well, that's really good to hear. Yeah. You know, you know, and as you know, I think you you hit it right on the head. There is that uh, just for us. Um, you know, we we are regulated here in the U.S., but mm-hmm. we. Decided to go along the same routes I think you did, right? Using, right, um, right. using a bank sponsorship, and I think that's um, the key. And I think we're starting to see, obviously, a lot more of that to, to overcome those roadblocks of being mm-hmm. regulated in a state by state fashion. And that's what you also did as well, yeah. correct? So you're using a sponsor bank for the U.S. Mm-hmm. purpose, and then obviously using us for for the liquidity and payments of the U.S. directing payments outside yeah. of the U.S. Right. I guess that transitions over to so you did. Make- Mentioned, you know, you, you it was a, been a long hill battle to get here mm-hmm. in three years, mm-hmm. and you tried a few times. Obviously, it's a big market, but what specifically for you guys? Uh, you know, what was what was the interest and in, in the need to, to come here in the U.S. and tackle it? Uh, yeah, comparable to the other market. Right, right. That is the point. I mean, uh, the most of the big names and first movers in this scene, such as Transwise or Remitly, they are basically. We call it just one-to-end model. They just send money from a or just couple of developing countries to, and I mean developed countries to developing countries mm-hmm. who are just north to south. Mm-hmm. But our model is more multilateral. So as you might notice from our physical presence, we are running operations in, in Korea, Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand which essentially are most of the money-sending countries in Asia for some reason. Mm-hmm. So we just try, we, we call it ourselves like end-to-end model. Yeah. So multilateral, not just unilateral. But, but it, it is not a, a, a new finding that U.S. is, is the biggest market for Asian mm-hmm. remittance. I mean, the number of Asian American populations here in the U.S. is, is already huge and is... It's constantly growing, so, but so we have we have to be here, and we are here. And in terms of the the business model in more 
financial perspectives, we run a centralized treasury center in Hong Kong whose role is, is optimizing that physical flow of the funds. So basically, we are pretty much a multilateral transaction-based company. We have to, so the, speaking of the optimization, it means us a minimization of the physical flow of funds mm-hmm. by just uh, simply netting off all the transactions from all the different countries. Mm-hmm. So we already have a, a, a sizable customer base in Asia who wants to send money from their own country to the U.S. So if we make a, a another transactions from U.S. to those countries, you can just net it, the transactions off and, and maximize the efficiency of the fund management and liquidity management. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's a differentiator. I would think. Obviously, the speed of payments for your your consumers would be mm-hmm. you know a lot faster um, than you would as a right. trying to move it. Obviously, in the traditional way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives you guys you know, a bit of an advantage, I would imagine, moving money uh, from east to west and west to east. Yeah, as you're right, holding right. accounts in multiple locations. So can we can we talk a little bit of detail on that one? So let's say you have a user here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to move money to Australia. So you collect the USD, and then immediately you're doing the AUB disbursements out because you yeah. have the funds. Yeah, you have funds out there, and so you can just net it off. So all we need is a data, not the actual money. So once we get the data that the fund is collected in the U.S., and we can just start disbursement in, mm-hmm. in Australia. So mm-hmm. it's pretty much like close to real-time transactions. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. that's really a huge advantage. Yeah. Um, you know, especially what we're seeing in the market. Um, I think we're. All, I mean, we're still all riding on the same, um, pretty much the same rails, right? With, right. with Swift or, or yeah. different local partners. Um, but the way to optimize that is exactly what you said. You know, you know, you have the data to understand that there's been a transaction uh, that you can now disperse out on the other side because you have those funds right. On, right. On, on the. So about the actual value pitch for wire barley. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's there's numerous amounts of P2P money transfer right. services. Right. Uh, what differentiates your brand and, and your uh, your value? To yeah. We have to start with some easy terms from mm-hmm. the customer's perspective. So all they want is uh, less expensive and faster mm-hmm. transfer and less painful, of course. So in terms of the pricing, because of this netting effect, so we can just minimize the actual fund flows and, of course, you know, the currency conversion. So there's a, some huge cost in to, when you do the FX conversion. Mm-hmm. So we can minimize that, that for exchange as well. So from that advantage, we, we can offer a, a very competitive pricing, which I believe we can just beat most of the competitors out there. Mm-hmm. So that's the first advantage. Uh, and as a, a company based in Asia and, and whose employees are from all over the Asian countries, we have a very dedicated customer service staff who speaks 12 different languages oh, wow. and 24-7. So mm-hmm. I believe um, as, as a, a, another Asian immigrant in the U.S., many of the Asians here have some kind of difficulties in speaking English, mm-hmm. especially over the phone when you just try to make a call to your customer service agent. But they feel really uncomfortable in mm-hmm. speaking English and just to tackle the the, the troubles. So we just provide a, their own language-based customer services 24-7. So that will be another uh, huge 
differentiate better for us. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, you think, you know, you did mention someone like uh, Remitly or, or, or TransferWise, which are great services. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, it's it's trying to get the mass adoption, right? Um, which eventually you might want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think being very specific in how you're targeting the market here in the U.S. Uh, for what you've already done successfully in Asia is right. is a great way to get to market mm-hmm. here in the U.S. And it's a way to start knocking down those dominant yeah. state by state. I guess you could say, <laughs> as you would in regulation, uh, it's the same thing with getting that target market as well. So just from your experience, I guess, from an entrepreneurial uh, aspect, uh-huh. you know, you did mention that you, you, you tried the U.S. and then took a break a bit and then came back. What, what did you learn from that? And, and what would you give, uh, you know, as far as advice to yeah. entrepreneurs that are along the same lines of having this on their roadmap or maybe, you know, trying to try to have uh, the, to enter the U.S. right now uh-huh. and facing the same type of difficulties that you did? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I can share this secret recipe or uh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> if you give us a couple, maybe yeah, high, yeah. super high level yeah. markets. <laughs> and from my own experiences and from my own struggles, yep. I just recommend any entrepreneurs in Asia who wants to start their business in the U.S. The first thing I would say is do not try to do everything by yourself. But of course, there's a, a a classic, conventional way to start business in the U.S. Like for example, you can file the 50 different applications to 50 different different states. Mm-hmm. But that, that might be a good start if you have a, enough time and money and patience, patient enough. But, I, I, yeah. not, not to interrupt, but I've heard, at least from our experience, the, the, the cost is, is, is crazy. Oh, yeah. But the timing as well. I mean, we're, we have about 48, I think, licenses yeah, yeah. now, and it's taken us three years. Mm-hmm. So FYI, yeah, yeah. But but there's no guarantee if you just spend three years. But there's no guarantee that you can finally get it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And then, and then on top of that, right? So you know, maybe like you said, not doing everything yourself. So pick and choose the right Right. things to to take on yourself, and Mm -hmm. pick and choose the right partners to handle everything. Did it the second time around? Right. Yeah. And so the licensing is is just just one thing, but even even if you get license successfully from all the states you need to do business in but you still need a banking partner and you still need a a, a fx partner as well so then mm-hmm. i believe all of the people in this business will realize that that finding a right banking partner just opening a, a, a banking account opening an msb account with any kind of bank is tough mm-hmm. no matter where you are and in the u.s of course it is tough because, I mean, the BSA regulations is getting enhanced, reinforced every day. So, so the banks are struggling themselves, mm-hmm. just dealing with their own customers and their own transactions. So they just don't want to add up any kind of new headache. Mm-hmm. So it would be really tough, even if you had all the good, valid licenses, but banks still reluctant to do business with you. With an MSB. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, we definitely have seen you know the same trend, and I guess so for for you specifically. I mean, you work in multiple different markets. Mm-hmm. You're in uh, Australia, like we mentioned, Hong Kong, South Korea, and those are all pretty strict regulations as well. Yeah. Uh, so having that experience, I'm yeah. sure that yeah. you grew some sort of a backbone and tough skin with. Yeah. Right? right. How would you compare the, the the you know the different jurisdictions for I guess entrance in the market and then having the ability to to utilize those licensing, would you suggest starting in, you know, a different area, some areas other than others, or how would you 
suggest? Uh, I believe it, it depends. It depends where your competitive advantage with the edge is. Mm-hmm. And but of course, you need a, a strong knowledge and network in each specific country to get the license and start the business and understand the customers. So it really depends on where you are starting a business. But in terms of license, but everybody, every country has their own headaches. Mm-hmm. So it is always tough to, to get into market. But this is a heavily regulated industry indeed. It's- yeah, it is. Yeah, and I believe ones, you know pretty well. Yeah, yeah, and the ones that get protected are the ones that uh, last longest, I guess you could say. And, and, you know, obviously everyone has to take it serious at this point. So I guess, you know, to, to wrap it up here and, and, and you know, to give, uh, I guess, the excitement for our U.S. product and the, the launch for mm-hmm. Wire Barley here in the U.S. Yeah. Do we, do, so what is the, I guess, the value here in the U.S.? Um, what's the product features that we can expect from Wire Barley here in the U.S. to be able to offer to the customers? Yeah, as I just mentioned, I mean, in terms of a, a traditional price offerings and the fast of transfer, we're trying to just beat all the competitors in the market. Mm-hmm. And one of the intriguing factors in, in Asian markets, I mean, for like most developing countries, the banking ratio is, is really low. So there are tons of people who don't have any bank account at all. But interestingly, the, the advance to the next level, like a mobile wallet or mobile mm-hmm. payment, is really fast, and they, they are really becoming a, a mainstream finance. So we, we just take a close look at the tech, technological innovation and the service innovation in the market. So, so we are trying to just make ourselves available to those kind of services from the a, a beneficiary's standpoint. So not only is it just conventional way of bank-to-bank transfer with cash pickup or home delivery, the, we, we are just making a, a partnership with a lot of uh, mobile wallet or mobile payments in Asia to, mm. to differentiate the way they receive the money. So That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting and exciting. I'm, yeah. Looking forward to see those advancements mm-hmm. uh, and enhancements in your platform. Well, Marcus, it was a pleasure to have you in the office here. Oh, it was you a great pleasure for me as well. You know, we don't usually get to have our guests in person most of the time, so I'm <laughs> glad you uh, made it up here to, to New York. Uh, I was able to have this today. Yeah. Like I mentioned, to our audience here, the product is Wire Barley. Um, they can be reached at wirebarley.com uh, for any interest in partnering with them. Or just to, to, to speak you know, with Marcus and his team, uh, feel free to reach out. And Marcus, like I said, thanks again for coming in. Thanks. It was good thank to have you. you. Yeah. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.